0: Welcome to the Life Force Mindfulness Podcast. This week, Jace interviews business, property, and personal coach Gulu Edikin, where they explore topics of life, love, and general well-being in the busy world around us.
1: Being an ethnic that migrated here in 1974 at mm-hmm. the ripe old age of four. Um, you know mum and dad's vision was to give us a better life yeah like your typical war parents
0: it sounds very um, very typical typical <laughs>
1: typical to, but they sacrificed so much mm-hmm. for their three children it was yeah. all about their three children when you're growing up you don't see that you know and you start to blame your parents mm-hmm. for all the things that went wrong in your life um, because they knew magically how to guide you they were misguided because they had kids at 16. so I could never understand this. And as I sort of went through life, we migrated here. My mum and dad had work guarantees. They left us at home. I'm four, my brother's five and a half, and my sister's ten who started work at 13 mm. in a factory. So Huss and I were home all the time alone. And so we raised ourselves. Yeah. We were raised by our community, our other kids, and we literally trial and error all the way through. So there was this huge aspiration of being... Um, the good girl i was always the i played the role of the good girl yeah. i always did the right thing i was always <laughs> obedient to my own detriment yeah and my brother always played the rebel so the the roles that we had and i understand them now as a you know 50 year old how this changes so going through my teenage years i never had a childhood i was always there for everyone else but myself and then when I got to a ripe old age of 19, 20, 21, yeah. never, oh, maybe not 21, but up until 20, I'd never ever had a boyfriend. I was always about, no, it's not the right time. It was all about timing for me. <laughs> but one thing I did know that I didn't want to go overseas and bring in an import. Okay. I always knew that.
0: As in import uh, relationship. Okay, right. <laughs> Which
1: is what everyone else around <laughs> us were doing. Like they were yeah. all bringing these guys across. Yeah. You know, um, a free visa, once of a better term, right? Right. And so I always knew that I'd always meet someone here, someone mm. that was similar to me, and I ended up like meeting Sam and, you know, he was, we'd met at uni and um, we literally got engaged within three months. No, yeah. we, we, we said we were going to marry within three months, got engaged within 12 and got married within two. Okay. So at the age of 22, which is when we got married, we were both children we were not and at
0: this stage yet you hadn't really had an opportunity to, to grow up
1: and, at all yeah okay. at all at all because but what what's your definition of growing up yeah because my mum and dad think that at 22 you're grown up because your age dictates that you're grown up
0: yeah right so and we, i think that there right there's hit the nail on the head about um uh, that difference between uh, uh, an intellectual um, uh, maturity as opposed to say an emotional maturity.
1: 100%. Yeah. And as you know, um, I, I often say, Sam and I were just 12 year olds in 22 year old bodies. Yeah. We were mentally 10 and 12. Mm. We were because when we were married, we didn't know how to shape our freedom. We didn't know what freedom of money was. We didn't know what freedom of time was. We didn't know what a curfew was. We didn't know what to do with this. Mm. And that was like the end, the start to the end. Mm -hmm. And we were in a very diabolical, very destructive codependent type of relationship yeah and then anyhow long story short so you wouldn't say that
0: uh, you were living but you'd forgotten how to have a life more or less
1: i don't even know what living was Jason. Yeah. I honestly i reckon i was just living other people's lives my life was so
0: it was set up for you with expectations i had no it.
1: idea i can't all i know though is I defined myself. I was always most comfortable in my workspace, in my corporate gear, in my corporate identity. I felt like I knew who I was in that space. So this
0: is, um, this right here is the most interesting part for me because I like that whole um, uh, story you're about to tell of how, you know, the powerful corporate woman had to take a step out of it for a minute to find
1: herself. 100%, 100% because that image was exactly what my mum and dad came here for. Mm-hmm. So it was so easy for me to be the child that my parents were really really proud of. Look what our daughter's doing,
0: <laughs> right? And so, Which, and, it, and it is something to be proud of. But for someone who hasn't had the ability or the opportunity rather to to grow up internally, then uh, you're thrown into this world of uh, you know corporate structure and um, all these extroverted characters, and, and, and it's um, sometimes uh, uh, overwhelming when it becomes, this is my reality, I don't know anything else.
1: Well, exactly that, because what happens is, it's not your identity, yeah. it's someone else's. Yeah, it's the mask. Really difficult to live someone else's identity. Mm-hmm. And then you're not in alignment. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I felt.
0: And so what happened? So you, you got married.
1: So I got married. Uh, we couldn't have a child naturally. We had her through IVF at 33. And then I I had to go to work two weeks after she was born because Sam had a career change. He joined the police force. And so he'd gone back to the bottom of his career ladder. Mm-hmm. And so I was the main breadwinner mm-hmm. and he couldn't support us. So I was now not only the mother, the the uh, wife, I had so many roles and I was just totally, the only one I was only comfortable was in was my career. When I saw myself at work and I ended up spending-
0: That became your
1: escape. It became my escape, spot on. That was absolutely what happened. It became my escape. I really enjoyed going to work. I would hang out at work for 10 or 12 hours. I used to forget I had a child at home. That's That's how bad it got. And so, Long story short, at 45 years old, I thought, stuff this. This is not right. I didn't want... And then about 35, I started this. What is... I started the meaning of life search. And I was into Craig Harper really in a big way, and I followed a lot of his stuff. And I used to think the sunshine out of that man. I still do. I really, (laughs) really like his stuff. I resonate with it. He's no bullshit, and I really like that. Yeah,
0: that's right, yeah. so, So Tony Robbins, I guess, is a little bit that way in that... He's not backwards and coming forwards. So yeah,
1: look,
0: Tony Harper's Robbins is good.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Tony Robbins is good. Um, but I just resonate with a uh, Craig Harper. Sure. And um, now I'm reading a lot more of Tony Robbins as a more mm. mature person. I see through the stuff. Yeah. Like I can the American rah rah.
0: Well, yeah. That, I mean, if you take away the gimmick from it, though, he's. Uh, I guess the premise of what he's trying
1: to get. One hundred percent. And I think he's got better with age. I think he's become more authentic, and so he's becoming more relatable. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my journey is that, you know, I've realised that my daughter, I, I divorced him at, 40, um, at 45 years old. I literally told my parents to go jam it. I literally said to everyone, it's no one else's life but mine. Mm. I made some really fundamental decisions that year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I hard had, to do, isn't it? It was hard but necessary. Mm. It wasn't even a choice because the alternative was misery. Well, it is a choice. It's exactly that. You know? Mm. For me, though, it was mm-hmm. almost like it's either this either or this. Either this or this. die, yeah. Exactly, and that's mm. exactly what happened. Mm. So anyway.
0: Which is what I mean by it, like it's not a choice. It's either you lay down and die and accept it the way it is or you do something about it. You yeah. choose to change. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is what I did. Mm. I took responsibility for the first time ever in my life. Yeah.
0: Of I your own life, you
1: mean? Well, yeah, because I was always responsible for other people. I, was, I came last. I was a good girl and I'd always do the right thing by everyone else. Mm. But I wouldn't even know what the right thing for me was. Yeah. I just wouldn't, you know. And, but I was always chirpy, very happy, always had really good friendships. Was that really you, know? you? Yeah, that's me to the core because I'm a naturally positive person. I don't look at the world through a negative And I never even back then. Yeah. But I knew that I wasn't fundamentally happy.
0: Did you feel almost like um, in your pursuit to try and make sure that everyone was comfortable and everyone had everything they needed, that you were being taken
1: advantage of? Always. Really? Always. I, and, and, and what more, like I used to always be the pawn in everyone's chess game. You know, come here, do this, buy this, um, don't go this, this weekend we're doing this. and. Even to the, even like I used to drag my ex husband around because, mm-hmm. and he was quite passive too. So if we said we're doing this, he would never ever own up and be the strength that I needed. Yeah. Right? So it was almost like something had to change. And I was sick and tired of living a non congruent life. Like mm-hmm. I was going to work, making huge decisions. Like, you know looking after millions of dollars for other people yeah. you know literally working for institutions you know super funds r- managing three hundred and fifty million dollar assets it was
0: like a drug like you get a it's an endorphin kick out of that it's been like a power thing
1: I don't know I do not even know it was almost like I was a trained puppet yeah. i didn't know any I didn't know any better I don't even know if I did it strategically mm. I just did it because I was really good at that mm-hmm and As
0: in doing what you're told or just getting shit done?
1: I was never, ever, ever good at being told. <laughs> I always knew that. Yeah. I always liked um, the freedom of speech and the yeah. freedom of strength. Yeah. I got off on that. I've yeah. always got off on that. And that's why I used to think, why do I come home and I'm like the 10-year-old girl mm. and I go to work and there's a fundamental misalignment?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where it pretty much
0: so started. So who was the real girl?
1: Was
0: was it the girl at work or the girl at home?
1: I think a bit of both. Yeah. Absolutely a bit of both.
0: And that's where it starts to get a little bit confusing and overwhelming. Who am I?
1: Who am I? And as, you know, um, Socrates always say, you know, know thyself, you Mm -hmm. know, because if you don't know who you are, but you know one thing I've noticed in the last four years, four (laughs) and Uh and a half years? There ain't too many people that know who they are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly right. It's like this thing with mental health is that, um, you know, the, the biggest really seeding point about it is is that people get so overwhelmed in the rat race and they get so overwhelmed in just living that they forget that they've got a life and they need to understand themselves a little bit better with a little bit <laughs> of introspection.
1: Men more than women?
0: Especially. Yeah.
1: Right? Men more than women yeah. because their external facade, their ego, what they stand for in Western societies in particular, mm. um, you know, you're judged on this warped sense of success, yeah. which really, like what the hell is it, it means different oh, yeah. to different people.
0: Uh, my friend um, Nick, he, he's from um, uh, an organisation called MindFit down in um, the Mornington Peninsula, right? and he talks about um, the economist man. So the economist man being, you know, someone who, who has the ability to, to channel that energy and that testosterone and that anger and that frustration into an energy that's exerted positively. Right. You know, and rather than having, you know... Um,
1: Is there a framework for that?
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, Nick has um, some, some brilliant methods that um, it's really, really instilled this um, awareness of the way that things this toxic, toxic masculinity that seems to be um the catchphrase of of the media at the moment that really as as much as it's got its relevance it steers away from the the problems that are uh a, a cultural shift into this different way of thinking that's necessary because it is it's a competition for guys. it's a it's a Uh, An ego thing. It's a hierarchical thing. It's the alphas, and everyone's competing against each other. And that ability to to not be able to uh, be vulnerable enough or open enough to hurt for a little bit to then come out stronger or fitter or, or in in a better state of mind. Because you know, if it's hard for a guy, I guess. Um, to say to another guy, for example, you know, look, I'm having problems and Mm. because typically the answer will be something to the effect of have some concrete, harden Mm. up or what are you Mm. made of sugar? And, Mm. and it's, um, and and that right there is, is that, that aspect of of being vulnerable enough to be hurt, but having the kind of people around you that you can trust to be able to lift you while you're down. Mm and and without getting political you know there there seems to be a lot of focus on everything that men are doing wrong but not a lot on what they're doing
1: right yeah but this is the thing though that's very subjective. Mm. Right and wrong is extremely subjective. Sure, and what I've learned and what I know true, as Oprah would say, what I know for sure, right, <laughs> what I know for sure is there is no right and there is no wrong. Mm-hmm. There is, There just isn't. Mm-hmm. And it's again, comes back down to who you are and what your map represents. Mm. You know, ultimately...
0: I want to the, know more about this map too.
1: Oh, the map for me is not... You know, do you know dora the explorer
0: yes. it's not her map
1: it's not that kind of map but every your map everyone's map is as unique as their fingerprint yes it has to be no two maps are ever 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 identical
0: mm-hmm.
1: however there's so there's two frameworks that i strongly um subscribe to yep. and i work with my clients with these two particular frameworks because i think Easy is not the end game, but simplicity is. Okay. Right? Because you don't want to complicate I like stuff. like that.
0: Easy is not the end game, but simplicity
1: is. In That's our culture. Life's hard. Well, in it's our, our culture, we all want easy. Yeah. The magic pill, the magic pill, the, the quick mm. fix, but there's no such thing.
0: No band-aids.
1: No band-aids. Mm. But very simple.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: simple doesn't equal easy.
0: And how do we get to a state of simplicity? Is it with gratitude? Is it with love? Is it with well, trust? Well, this is the thing.
1: If you've got to first define. You've got to first define what are your goals? What do you want? What are you really here? What's the end game for you? Yeah. You've got to know this. Without knowing that, you cannot build, and you'll always be in a state of of confusion and not clarity. Yeah. You've got to have clarity before you go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that can only be done by coming back to the original question, who am I? Mm. You know, am I my mum and dad's belief systems? Am I my society's belief systems? Yeah. Am I, what do I really value? What do I
0: What, think? Are, my what are my values?
1: Over the years, I really thought I valued integrity, honesty, trust and all the <laughs> typical value systems. However, someone actually said to me, they are shit mm. values. <laughs> and I thought, really, what? I thought these were like the best values. Yeah. Because they need someone else.
0: Mm. You I can't think they, they need to be broken down though into a different, so, typically, things like integrity. Well, what's the definition of integrity? Look at the Oxford Dictionary.
1: It wasn't really the definition so much mm. as it was that I can't deliver integrity by myself mm. in a vacuum. Yeah. That's why there were not good values. Yeah, yeah. It's not to say don't be integral yeah. or don't be trustworthy mm. or honesty. Mm. It's just that if I lead by honesty, integrity, and val- I need another person for to validate. That for that to occur mm, mm. so how do you know trust is broken it's never broken with one person it's broken with two or multiple mm.
0: but it, i mean i suppose I, I look at it like trusting yourself
1: sure and that's where i was going to like the trust me model which mm. is the two pieces of work so you've got the below the line above the line model which is cause and effect yeah and then you've got the trust me model yes and the first level of the trust me model is trusting yourself okay so, again, I'm not saying that trust isn't a part of my value system. It just doesn't lead from number one. It's now gone down to number 10. Okay. So then I've gone, wow, I got that. I have got that in one instant. <laughs> so then what would a good value look like?
0: So what are the trusts, the T-R-U-S-T-M-E,
1: is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the trust Me model is uh, a model that was developed by the Coaching Institute. So yep. it's um, trademarked by them. Yep. Um, so it's a trust me model, but it's like an Ascension model. Okay. So it starts with the T-R-U-S-T-M-E. It's yep. a seven um, tiered, yes. it's very. It's a pyramid and it's very similar to say Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Okay. Yep. So the T is trust. Yep. Um, and that's usually where it's got an, if you're between zero and seven, yep. that's the level that you find yourself Yeah. because you're discovering the world. You're discovering where you sit on that trust. Okay. And then you can never, and with this model, you can't go from one to five. Right. You've got to graduate. Right. So then you go from trust to relatability. Number okay. two, relatability is tribe mentality. Yes. Okay. So that is literally where I see a lot of people stuck. Mm. you know it's all about being a part of a group part of a gang having similar views not rocking the apple cart you know and
0: this is like a, a, a triangle, so a pyramid uh a shape so that there's more on the lower level okay yes
1: yeah, so the because everyone is always at level one because that's zero to seven years so yeah. always everyone's experienced that yes where this gets really interesting is yes. if you're 25, 35, 45, and you're still hovering around one, two, and three, Mm. you haven't really grown up. Mm -hmm. It's like a growth model and it should align with every age. Mm. So it's like every decade. I look at it sort of like a decade thing. But number three, so you go trust, rela- relatability, you is uniqueness. Okay. So when you're about 16 to 18, you break away from the relatability tribe, yeah. being a part of a group, and then you try to find who you are. Yeah, you know, the you purple know. hair, the earrings, sure. the tattoos, the drugs, <laughs> all of the stuff to find out who you really are. Yeah. Then from, you'd want to hope by 20, early 20s, mid-20s, you get to the next level, which is systems and structures. Well, okay. you know who you are, but you know you can't live on this world by yourself. So you're now looking for people with similar types of...
0: What age group would that... would that? Be really- I'd
1: say between 20 to 25 to 28 okay. should be the S mm. in a perfect um theoretical world.
0: Yeah, of course. And we'll On talk paper. about
1: and we'll talk about the majority of people and where they live <laughs> and it's very interesting numbers.
0: <laughs> and where they uh, theoretically should be, yeah.
1: Correct. Yes. Exactly, because we have a, a natural development. As our age develops, our brain develops. Yeah. And we've got to let our physiology develop with our mentality. But we don't. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's
1: why there's a lot of fifty year old men. Babies, kids walking Man around. Man boys. Man boys. <laughs> and there we are. Yeah. And I say men because women have to grow up because we're mothers and nurturers and there's a different yeah. thing happening for us. Yeah, yeah. And so we're at S and then after S is T and that's tenacity. Mm. So that's where your character is built. Okay. You say who you are and you show up to who that character is.
0: As in you're putting um, aspects of your life in place to align with who you decide you you've become identified. You
1: true to who your core is. Yeah. That's your character. Your tenacity is your character. Yeah. And then it's the M, which is your meaning in life, and that happens between 38 to 45. Okay. And then E's is evolution. So literally you're getting to a stage where nothing, you don't care about anyone else, <laughs> but you know what the big picture is. Yeah. And that usually you've happens. You've seen enough. 55 plus, I would say, is your E. Mm. However... That's that's a very, very simplistic way sure. of saying how we should get there. Yeah. But that excludes All other the factors. other things
0: like life.
1: <laughs> it exclude factors. You yeah. know. and this is why it's a model. But if you and one thing, when I discovered this model, it made it easier for me to connect with people. Okay. Because my own family hovers around one and two. Hmm.
0: Which would be incredibly difficult.
1: But when you go up the rung, mm. every level's already in you. Do people, do you think, go up and down? No, you generally can't. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit like saying ignorance is bliss. So level one and two, they're ignorant. They don't know what level three, four, five, six, seven looks like. So you've got to be very kind to these people because they're not being rude. It's compassion. Correct. They're not being rude because they they genuinely want to be rude to you. Mm. In fact, they're probably very kind people. Mm, mm. They just don't know how to express themselves to someone at a higher level. But what you've got to do is that character in number five level,
0: Mm.
1: when that comes out... Because ideally what you're doing is you already, you've been at one. You've been at two. You know what it looks like. should
0: be welcoming.
1: So you then have to go down to that level to connect with those people. Mm. That tells me how intelligent you are. Mm-hmm. That's a sign of intelligence. And that tells me you've empathy, compassion, and all the other things. You can be grateful. Those things become you.
0: I love this. I love this. because, And I resonate with it a lot because it's, it's exactly um, what I see in, you know, People who are close in my life that, you know, while they have all the intellect in the world, while they're intelligent academically, that emotional intelligence is lacking. It's
1: different it's, though. It's, Jason, uni doesn't teach you this. No. As you know, absolutely you've got no. shitloads of qualifications and so do mm. I. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's it tr- took me 45 years. Yeah. And
0: huge 45 effort. years, three degrees later and, and a wake up call.
1: But, but, but also, <laughs> too, the funny thing is that. I do twenty to thirty hours a mm. week on this subject. Yeah, right. Because I'm so passionate about it. The more I now want to take this to schools. I want to get into. It's like that chicken and egg. Mm. Do we teach the kids or do we teach their parents? Because One or
0: both.
1: Well, there have got to be different structures, with yeah. different levels of how you take it. Okay. So that's pretty much where the end game is for me.
0: Yes. Okay. That's so, great. I think it's yeah. Fantastic. So
1: yeah. by the time I'm 55. I reckon there'll be some kind of structure around this that's sustainable.
0: I think with, with along with, um, you know, that model, the, the other example I use for, um, especially for, for guys who, typically when there's a relationship breakdown, there's, um, guys will tend to take it on a lot harder.
1: Yeah, if they do,
0: um, it's personal
1: for them. That's their identity being crushed.
0: Yeah, it's exactly right. Their ego's a Ego. challenge. yep, spot on.
1: Men live, so this is the other thing too. Um, We are wired, we are wired to live in our head. Mm. And that's what, you know, a lot of men, unfortunately, Mm. I would say a good, decent 95% live in their head. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the external, about the numbers, about things that have to make sense. That's Mm. why, you know, John Gray's book on Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus is so, you know, it was a breaking in in its time because... Men do look at things different to women. Yeah. You know, being a female, and again, I think we've talked about e-disc a lot where, you know, it's your energy, your natural energy. I've got a very masculine energy. Yeah. For okay. me, I relate to men really well. Okay. I don't relate to women, yep. but I get women.
0: Do, do you think that's because um, as, uh, on a primal level, the nurture in most women find your personality threatening perhaps?
1: Possibly. Or I get frustrated with the because most women that I come across are level one and two. Yeah. Okay. When I try to be empathetic and compassionate and help them come out of that to show them that there's something better. Yeah. They don't want it. No, that's And right. then I realise, well, hang on a minute, you've got to go back to one hundred and one personal development.
0: <laughs> if you don't want
1: change, you can't make someone change.
0: You absolutely cannot. But um, and so. that begs the question is that say you're in a relationship where you're um doing all this development doing all this personal growth and you're with someone who just just cannot get to that point
1: well that's why my marriage broke down right because we you know didn't grow together we grew apart Mm -hmm. and even to this day and i'll give you a classic example my ex-husband rang last night spoke to zara and zara's getting really at the end of it too because she's now i'm her primary role model so she, I'm modelling her men, her dad and her mum. So she's becoming a very um, alpha dominant female, very similar to <laughs> The apple to her, doesn't fall it far doesn't, from the it tree. Doesn't. And her dad said that, actually. Her dad said something to the effect, God, you know, you sound like your mum. And she's like, what's <laughs> wrong with my mum? And that's how it happened, right? Defence, defence. <laughs> but the thing is, he made a really silly comment. Like, we're going to a wedding next Saturday. Okay. And he said, you know what, I'm not going to go to the wedding. And I just thought, what a childish thing to say. So he's in uh, spite almost. Or? Well, it's almost like, because we were going to be there. Yeah. And it's almost like, well, I'm not going to have fun now because you're going to make my night, for some reason, I'm going to make his night bad. So for that reason, he's chosen not to go. And I said, well, I think you're losing the total reason as to why we're going to the wedding. We're going for the people that are getting married. Stop for,
0: It's not all about you.
1: Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's where the trust me model. Sam mm-hmm. hovers around two and three,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Once upon a time before the age of 43, I could see myself hovering around that. Yeah. But once I started to make a conscious decision and I'm now sort of in that five or six mm-hmm. where I know what my character looks like. I know who I am. I've done the work. I'm now saying, well, hang on a minute, what is the meaning of my life? Mm. Why am I here? What's my big legacy? What am I going to leave behind? When I'm gone, what is it that I want to be known for? Yep. So these questions now pose in my mind all the time. And
0: it's not about being world famous with a lasting legacy that goes on for it's the, the centuries. That. It's just about how, how have I done my best? to then uh, leave a legacy of, you know, a compassionate, a good, a, a driven person, somebody with, you know, integrity for want of a better terminology that, that uh, can be passed on to the next generation. 100%. And that and- cultural shift, I think, that, that at the moment everyone's so stuck in that level one, level two, even up to level three yeah. that you talk about that yeah. makes it so difficult if they haven't got that exposure or understanding how to get there. And so I think this teaching um, methodology that you talk about is brilliant. It's a, it's a great approach.
1: It's really, and again, like I said, that, you know, I've been through the university system for years, highly, and I worked for La Trobe University for three years, right? So I was in the thick of academia. You know, I was literally sitting at boardroom tables with associate professors and the chancellor at, you know, at La Trobe. Very, 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 they know one topic and they mm. know it, you know, one inch, two miles deep but but they're not generalists yeah yeah you know and this is what academia is all all about it doesn't Mm. teach you how to live no that's exactly right but you know the 300 years ago when the first institution Mm was established because people were coming out of religions and a lot of the more intelligent and smarter people were saying, I'm not sure about this religion, it's all man-made. I
0: think it's because it's rather dogmatic. It's very um, – I think that the values, especially with the, um, you know, the Abrahamic-type religions, they're, they're –
1: yeah, The values
0: are, are very um, positive and they're a good way to live. It's when it's taken literal that it becomes dangerous, I think. It's um, – yeah, look, I
1: think we should avoid religion at all costs, especially mm. through this, because it's it's one of those things where you either, it's a belief system mm. and it's heavily ingrained in people. Yeah. So it's like they say with politics and religion, you, you just leave it alone. It's
0: like the theology or the spirituality in it, and I think that's important rather than the actual religion.
1: Well, what, what I was trying to touch on is, Uh, 300 years ago, when universities first started, if you were a scholar or if you were someone that came through the university system, you were regarded in your community as someone that people could actually go to, consult, you know, the actual leader because universities were very much well-rounding people. Yes. They were giving you a way of life that was different. So it, know, it was like a secular way of life. It,
0: it, what I've found in the, in the current um, socio-economic climate is it's uh, the universities themselves that are the worst for taking a political agenda or... I
1: thought that? It's, it's a business now though. Yeah. Universities are about churning a technical skill, giving someone a piece of paper, hoping that an inter- international student fails. Because international students have to pay up front. Mm. So it's all, they've morphed mm. education.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: And you know in your industry and I know in mine, yeah. I'll have a graduate that literally will come in an interview yeah. and I'll have someone who's got five years' experience with a great attitude. Yeah. I'll pick that person over that person any day of the week. Sure, sure.
0: Because... People um, and culture is, is a big shift at the moment in all industries, I believe or at least most of them that-
1: they're um, trying, aren't they? Yeah. They're Mm. trying. I don't know whether they're going to get it right because, again, there's so much um, investment necessary. There's so much. um, You've got to do it in a way that's got to be extremely, um, you know, inclusive. Mm. Because if Mm. you're not a part of the Mm. decision-making, how do you own it?
0: I think with that, though, there comes um, an accountability as an individual as well. It's like, you know, if you're contributing... And if you're wanting to be a part of that cultural change, then that's a great thing. It's when those people, the stronger people, the leveled-up people are trying to carry all the people who aren't interested. What do we do at that point? What do we do? Do we make a decision? You made
1: a great point there. You Mm. said accountability. Mm. And that's what I was going to take you back to the other model, Mm. above the low, below the line. Yes. 98% of all people live below the line. Yeah. And this is a th- this is actually a, a thought process. Yeah. Below the line is naming, gaming, shaming, blaming, excuses, um, <laughs> trying. It's all the stuff. It's. Everyone else's fault, but theirs. Yeah, yeah. Zero accountability.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the big um, um, notes that I I give um, the people that I see is that, um, you know, when they're sitting there and they're blaming each other and they're blaming the kids and they're blaming their friends, blaming mum and dad. Of
1: course
0: they are. And I stop them and I just say, if you're if you're going to recall a list a mile long of everything that you blame someone for for that everything that's bad then you you better blame them for everything that's good as well yeah
1: you said that yeah and Mm. and and again but they but they missed that because you know how we've got um generalizations deletions and distortions Yeah. yeah. so at the moment there's over two billion dollars not dollars two (laughs) two million pieces of stimuli Mm. that come between our eyes and our brain every day.
0: And I guess the, the, that social uh, media... Uh, all of
1: that. That's there? why everyone just like, you know how... We've all tablets. been there. Like, you know, you, you, you scroll down a screen, two seconds after you've scrolled, you forget about it.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: You know, information, knowledge, it's everywhere, but we're getting dumber and dumber. We're getting unhappier and unhappier. Well,
0: just because the information's there doesn't necessarily mean it's, um, you know, useful or it's um, healthy in any cognitive way. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it's an information overload, but uh, it can probably be damaging if it's misdirected.
1: Well, this is where the generalizations, deletions, and distortions come in because. As the information is being received by us, we will only receive what we want to. It's a bit like when you buy a new car. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, everyone's driving your car. It's the same <laughs> colour as you. Like, what? What Was there like a memo that went out or something, you know? Yeah, that, that's because, true. Because true. they were always there, but they're now in your awareness. Mm. And any human, they can only carry, carry seven chunks of information, which means that... If you've got all of this stuff, stimuli, coming at you like a tsunami,
0: Which it's no detail,
1: wonder. You only take what's literally important, important to yourself. Important to yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is why, you know, we are literally ignoring our children. Mm-hmm. We are ignoring our partners. Mm-hmm. We are ignoring the things that are ultimately going to give us happiness. Mm-hmm. Yet we're looking for it somewhere else because we may not want to miss it.
0: Yeah, it's amazing that... Uh, sometimes when when people come and see me and they they say that you know oh, oh i googled this and i googled that and, and and um and the problem is is that well you know the the lady or the man who is speaking at the time and they say oh you know she just doesn't understand me he doesn't understand me so i googled it and i looked to see if i could find the problem and it's like well the, the answer's sitting right next to you
1: talk, talk. listen come see me. But you've got to see and hear the person. Yeah. Because what happens is don't just give me lip service. Yeah. Break down that wall,
0: you know, allow yourself the humility to be wrong, you know, chop down the ego and expose yourself to that vulnerability to be able to trust that person that you love.
1: But Jason, why don't you think they do that? Like, what is it that you teach them? it's, It's ego.
0: It's it's definitely ego, and it's a deflection. It's all ego's about ego's learnt.
1: We all know mm, ego's mm. learnt, and it's the fight and flight. And There's
0: a lot of deflection. So so everything you know when when they're telling me the problems, the problems always about what everybody else is doing, and and you know when I go to work and the boss is giving me a hard time below the line. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly right.
1: You know, but this is the thing. Um, I love the actual um, the principle of whenever. Whenever anything goes wrong or whenever anything goes right. You learn you know, a lesson. And, and you always say, well, hang on a minute. You know, always bring it down to the three fundamental pillars. Mm-hmm. Accountability, respons- ship, responsibility and ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I own this? How how can I be? It's, it's not who can be responsible, who was accountable and who's going to own it. Mm-hmm. Never. Ever. No, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: I think most, most conflict can be resolved if... For just one moment, you stopped, well, what about what you did and what about what he did and what about everything else except for I wonder what part of that I should take ownership of. I wonder what part of that I'm
1: accountable or responsible for. So now bringing that that particular scenario to the trust me model, Mm. when that happens and you watch people bicker, You Mm. go, shit, you can see exactly where their headspace is at, you know, level one and two, you know, because level one and two will always be tribal. Yeah. You know, and yet uniqueness is trying to break out. That's also quite unresourceful at times because I can do it all on my own. Well, you can't do it all on your own. It doesn't (laughs) work this way. We don't live in a world just by ourselves, you know. Yeah. Mm. And so this is where you can then say, well, hang on a minute. If I'm going to be accountable. If Mm. I'm going to be responsible, Mm. I've got to own this. What does it mean for all these people? And what messaging are they saying? Because inherently, I don't think people are actually bad. Mm. I don't think people set off to be mean. I think they just don't want to be found out that they're not enough. Yep. Or, you know, that they they don't belong or mm. they're not lovable because they Well, don't... that's
0: that vulnerability that a lot of people just can't seem to be able to uh, be exposed to. and trust the people that are loving and supporting them to say, look, at the moment, I'm not my best. I might be well, I might not be well, but I'm not my best. I really want to be. I really want to be for me and for you. And, yeah. You know, it's not a codependence. That's uh, me trying to be present as my best version of myself.
1: Sure, absolutely, and you know, and then comes the question: the media, the Western, the lies, the consumerism, the capitalism, all the other things that come with comparison. Yeah. But look at you! You know, don't you want to look like this in seven days? And <laughs> all of this—the stuff that we're sold.
0: I love those um, when you go onto some blogs and you know five. Five ways to have a happy
1: marriage, and <laughs> yeah, just follow these steps, yeah. you know. Or
0: you could do some introspective rebuilding of yourself. <laughs> so,
1: so again, we know, and, and I know absolutely. And I was going to say, I watched the movie What Men Want the other night. Okay. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Never. Okay, so it's a, I took Zara, uh, my sixteen-year-old, um, yeah. on a Valentine's date. Woo! So for the first, <laughs> I got dinner for her. I water. Does a mum
0: approve? What do you mean? Of the day? Oh no, that's you oh you go. Yes. Oh, I thought you were the third. No.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no! I totally
0: misread. No, that. She's,
1: She doesn't have a boyfriend. Oh, and, I see. Yeah, and oh, I don't have yeah, yeah. anyone. So we yeah. basically said, you oh, know cute. what? And I, she didn't know what was going on. So yeah, we went yeah. out to see what we, what men want. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And so we had a really that. nice. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was mm-hmm. a, you know, we went to a really nice cinema and we had dinner. And um, we we do that all the time. You know, I, that's one thing Zara and I do. We love. You guys to do best that. friends i would i'm her mother yeah she doesn't need another best friend sure but she definitely needs a mother she will say things like oh you're my bff for life and i'm going no no no, i'm your mother (laughs) (laughs) always yeah so um but the i was going to bring it down to what men want yeah it's really ironic because the premise of the actual movie was this powerful woman she's a black woman yeah Taraji P, I think her name is. Okay. Um, she works for an ad agency and she's okay. one or two females in, a, in the partnership. Um, like you in a
0: contemporary sense, so not mad men style. Just it's like.
1: No, it's like a very modern take okay. on um, you know, your typical ad agency. Yeah. Anyhow, so the thing is just like what, I don't know if you saw Mel um, Gibson's What Women Want. Yeah. where he gets electrocuted and he can read mm-hmm. women's mind. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens here where she can read men's minds. <laughs> okay. And so she's in the boardroom and she can hear yeah. what their thoughts are. And wow. it's really interesting. I don't And I don't think it's too far off. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're saying something, but they're petrified that they're going to get found out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: That is exactly how it is. Mm-hmm. And now um, often, so... Sometimes men will react with exhibitions of strength, you know, they'll get frustrated and they'll hit walls and kick things. And you know, it's better than kicking someone, but it's when they do that, well, it's true, but you know, uh, often the partners will be scared and fair enough, too, because they should never be violent, Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I guess it's important to try and remember that. When they're in that primal state of being the man of the house and trying to be in control and, and that power struggle, and that they're not at a point where they've allowed themselves to be vulnerable to their partner, who they again on a primal level are thinking of as a nurturer and a caregiver, and and it's it becomes um, embarrassing almost for them, so they try and show off with these exhibitions of strength and they kick things and get it well. and that you know if. If there's no real appreciation for what's happening there on either side, it just becomes this exponential problem that just never stops or diffuses.
1: Smack bang on the money. And that's exactly what the end of this movie showed Where ultimately what men really wanted was exactly what women wanted, to be loved, to be appreciated, Mm. to be respected, to be seen, to be heard, to be understood. And the messaging was... Fundamentally, we're not really emotionally that different. Mm. Physically, we have to be, right? Mm-hmm. You're the hunter; I'm the gatherer, right? We get all that, mm-hmm. but this is what when you start to really look at the world in that, it's really simple.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It's not easy, but, but very simple. simple.
1: Yeah, I right? like it. It requires daily calibration. Yeah. It requires discipline.
0: Yeah.
1: Good habit formation. But then that
0: leaves a uh, life of
1: influence where um, you got so a choice. Yeah. What do you want? Exactly. It comes back down to that question. Exactly. What exactly. do you want? You know, because if you don't know what you want, how can I know what you want? Exactly. Yep. And that's the thing with a lot of marriages. And as I was explaining to the other day with John Bradshaw, you know, I love, love, love his one statement. He says, you know, and he's a very religious man. And he said, God, I love you and everything, but you got one thing wrong. <laughs> You know, we really had to have kids at 54. And so every time I hear that, I just yeah. laugh because yeah. what he's inherently saying is a kid can't have a kid. Yeah. And expect that kid to be complete psychologically, emotionally, have all the regularity, yeah. have all the vulnerability.
0: Yeah. You well, in on, on, on a similar sense, you know, Gottman talks about the three stages of love. You know, where you first have that attraction, and yeah, it's that limits, yeah, yeah. and you know, you you're just, you know, it's that uh, uh, instinctual thing where, well, yeah, I think he's pretty hot, and, and so yeah, but then that develops if you have the opportunity to stay together, you develop into the, that power shift where there's a struggle between you know yeah. who who we are as an, uh, an individual and how does that work as a as a, a, a union. And if you can get past that point, that's when the actual real love starts.
1: True. Very true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um. And I think that's, that's... People
1: get mixed up love and lust, though.
0: Yes, exactly. That's the
1: difference. They think, you know, if I'm attracted to you and I no longer am attracted to you, because that's when the hard work starts. Exactly.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: You know, and that's what I think that... Because I was reading... um. The other day, Albert Einstein he talks about options paralysis. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> Honestly, I love. It's this almost concept. like we're
0: at a supermarket. And Look, that's why. Yeah. That's
1: why we've got obesity problems, health problems. Mm. We've got so many social issues because of options paralysis. Mm. You mm. know, we've got relationship issues because of options paralysis. Yeah, that's exactly we've got right. job issues because of options paralysis. You know, yeah. <laughs> all of those things. There's this, uh, you know, uh, uh, and and.
0: Without getting into the the um, nitty-gritties of it all, but yeah, I was I was in a relationship where it was exactly that, where you know you you are of course you make
1: mistakes, everyone makes mistakes. So we're you're human. Trying, if not, uh, if, we're, if we're not anything, we're human. Yeah, and so perfectly it, imperfect.
0: It was you know that the the, the uh, statement was um, I need to see I need to see holistic, tangible changes in you, and so I. That was a
1: lightning
0: bolt. Are you bolt. at work? <laughs> it, was, it was almost like that. <laughs>
1: Sounds like, you know.
0: But, you know, look, uh, I...
1: How I'm, did you take that?
0: Uh, it was a lightning bolt. It what was, does that
1: mean? Well,
0: okay, for me, I guess it, my past is that I, I came from a lot of um, traumatic experiences, you know, um, some real life stuff that were in your face to a bit more deep-seated um, from childhood stuff, so... Um, it, it, um, it sent a shock through my body that, you know, this, this is the most important person in my life. I don't want to disappoint. I don't want to be a burden to them. So I'm going to listen to everything that she is saying to me in the hope that I can learn something about what she's trying to tell me. And what ended up happening was I spent the better part of 18 months working on my own development. Um, but in the process, she appeared to avoid doing that. Maybe she was. She she didn't speak about it much. Um, and I was very <laughs> in your face about. It. I was like, look, what I've learned, You know, this is this is get check this out. Read this article. And um, and I don't know if it was out of intimidation or if it was out of just a, a lack of appreciation or or even understanding that she just. Um, deflected it all, and yeah, and uh, decided I, I was of no worth or value. Um, and I struggled, I guess, understanding. Well, I did exactly what you wanted, and then what I finally realised that it was, well, actually, I had to do this for me, that it became valid, it became important.
1: Yeah, 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 and, and that's ultimately um, most couples always, like, you know how they have the seven-year age? There's these typical things that we coin and, you know, we sort of say, oh, that's about right because if you're there at that point, Russell Harris talks about um, ACT therapy, which is acceptance and commitment therapy. Yeah. And literally what, you know, the premise of, of that is every relationship has got 12, 18 or 24 months okay. of a use-by date. <laughs> you're either... <laughs> work at it because you see something fundamentally deeper mm. or more than the surface stuff. Yeah. But both parties must agree that there is more. Yeah. And you've got to grow together after that
0: point. Well, then it becomes, if you, if you don't have that, it becomes a pursuer and uh, what is it? A, a, someone who's always pursuing and then someone who's always running
1: away from that. pursuer. I suppose. In yeah. pursue. Yeah. So but look, again, there's so many models out there and mm. there's, and it's no secret that at the moment in 2019 relationships yeah the relationship and now it's almost like it's so blase it's very blase too you know i'll get married and i'll have children and it's okay if we don't stay together i'm okay with that too until Mm. the next one and There's no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. If that is what you genuinely think is the way that you want to live your life, well, rock on. If you want a marriage and you think that a marriage has to go a certain considerate time, Mm. then where is your hard work? Yeah. Aligning with Are you that. only
0: sticking around for when it's good, or do you leave off when it's bad?
1: You know? I see. I've seen different examples of this. Yeah. I've seen couples that have just about been divorced and they've turned it around. Yep. Because both of them realised it was too good to throw away, mm. and they've turned the ship around. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. very few people now, because of options paralysis. Yes. Um. They think, well, you know what? I don't need you. And so, and they make it that below the line, there's no responsibility, there's no accountability, there's no ownership.
0: So Nick, Nick Satin talks about a 90-day process where it's, um, it, it's about no major decision should really be made outside of a rule of thumb 90-day period. What uh, do you mean? Period. Well, what I mean by that is that, you know, if even if you feel like you've reached a point where I'm not in love with this person, it's not going to work out. Um, There's no hope for this. What's the point of trying? I know what the outcome is going to be. Then what do you have to lose by investing in trying to work on that and focus on that relationship for just 90 days to know for certain if that decision that you're making is Mm. going to be valid or not? Because it's difficult if you've just checked out, especially if there's a pursuer, Give them an opportunity. Are they not important enough at some point in your life to have, give them that opportunity, even if you feel like you're not um, in a place that resonates with that? And um, and he he does uh, talk about how couples were at the absolute brink of, of just being complete mortal enemies that are now profoundly in love. That, um,
1: it's... They've probably redefined what love meant. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly it too because... You know there are so many subjective words out there. Like um, you know, love's very subjective. Respect is very subje- subjective. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, power is very subjective. Intense is very subjective. You know, all of these words are very subjective. When we're using them and we're throwing them around, mm. we hope that the person understands the context in which we use them. Yeah. Right. But if you scratch the surface and you basically did you understand what I meant? Chances are they probably didn't understand it the way it was intended. Yeah. And exactly. it and it upsets their value system because yeah. one thing I, I know that whatever bothers someone is them. So whatever bothers you is you.
0: That's a good point. Can we can we um, um just repeat that? So it's
1: So in essence, when someone gets angry, upset, frustrated, annoyed. Something's gone on in them.
0: Mm. Something's
1: conjured up. They're internals. They're subconscious. And your subconscious is where your belief systems Mm. and your values live.
0: And would you say that that someone who has that awareness can work with those shortcomings and develop, and it's the ones that um, uh, don't have that awareness, it becomes scary.
1: Do you know what I like, Jason? You know one thing, when I get upset and angry, and something goes on for me, that's gold. Because I know I'm going to grow in that moment. Yeah. Because something's gone on. Something's upset me. Something internally has conjured me up and given me now a restless feeling. I've got to find it.
0: Well, that's that optimism, that glass half full. But um, well, you have to
1: find the, it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't find it and go, what happened for me there? Why did I get annoyed in that moment? Yeah. What did that person say that pissed me off? Yeah. yeah. If you don't, can't pinpoint it, you go, Wow. That's a value system that's been violated. Mm. And then you go, is that my value system? Or if it's something that I learned when I was five? <laughs> and nine times out of ten, it's just stuck. Yeah, you true. need to pull it out and you go, that doesn't live in me anymore. Mm. Go back to your recalibrated value systems. Mm. And I ne- like for me now, I was talking about the other value systems that I held for a very long time. My newly recalibrated value systems are my first one is health, fitness, and vitality. Mm -hmm. Because if if I'm not healthy, if I'm not fit, and if I'm not vital with energy, I've got nothing. Mm
0: -hmm. And that then sets a a standard or a tone for everything else. And
1: and then all my decisions, every decision that I make goes through that filter. Does this align with my health, vitality, and fitness value? Does it identify, like my second one is like appreciation and gratitude. My third one is empathy, Mm -hmm. um, compassion, and love. And my fourth one is playfulness. So they're now my new values. Every Same. decision I make has to go through that filter.
0: See, I I, I would uh, I would probably put playfulness a little bit higher for myself. And the reason why I do that is because um, often we forget how to be
1: kids. Often we forget how to enjoy ourselves. And we've all got a kid in us. We all yeah. know that. Because <laughs> level one's always in us. Yeah, yeah. Level one is always in us, and level one is when we were a child.
0: People say to me, you know, what, what's the enthusiasm? Star Wars. With Star Wars and Legos, and it's, it's like, well, you know, sometimes when I just need a moment to escape and just need a moment to reflect and, and think about you know, nothing else but what's happening in my uh, present, you know, um, life that. It's nice to doodle with, um, you know, these knickknacks and Legos. But and do cool. you know what,
1: playing, and this was mm. the other thing, I, I watched a TED Talk on um, creativity not long ago actually and they were saying how they've even taken the fun out of Lego. The, Lego <laughs> now comes with an instruction, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. The art of playfulness is now an yeah. instruction, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So if at the end of your play mm. your model doesn't look like this, you failed, mm-hmm. right? And this is how kids are learning this at such a young age. The beauty about play is creativity. No boundaries. Yeah. Tell me what you see, yeah. child. I
0: and think that's why something like the, is it the Minecraft uh, computer game where kids were just building everything and anything. Yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. That's why it took
0: off. And, and it's that, that whole ability to just uh, customize whatever you like without any instruction But that's or play. Yeah, that's,
1: that's play. Crazy. Play does not come with rules. Yeah. Unless it's safe you can't hurt anyone. They're the rules. Yeah, but they're yeah. your fundamental
0: humanly rules.
1: But not necessarily
0: safe, definitely not hurt anyone. I mean you've got extreme sport <laughs> Red <laughs> well, Bull type daredevil. There's two occupants you know, yeah. but,
1: but the thing is the people that want to do that, yeah, they sign the disclaimer that they are happy. Sure, they get hurt. Sure, sure. Some sure people what? might be killed in the process. <laughs> <That>
0: <laughs> no cats are harmed in the making. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. so mm.
0: Oh, cool. it's been fantastic. Oh,
1: it's um, been really, I really enjoyed it. God, where did that yeah. hour ago. Yeah,
0: it's, it's been an hour already, I would have thought. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, so where can people find you if they want to um, learn more?
1: I'm just at, on my Facebook at the moment. So yeah. just do Lurtekin, look it up, G-U-L-L-U-E-R-T-E-K-I-N. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a heavy poster and I'm getting better at Facebook Lives. Mm, mm. Um, just don't have the time. But occasionally <laughs> yeah. I like to go and just do a quick... Cause what I'm noticing is because of the deletions, generalisation and distortions, I find that people find reading, even if it's just two paragraphs, yeah. a chore. Yeah. So they would much rather watch a two or three minute video yeah. to get the crash course on easy, yeah. so they can change their whole world around. You know. <laughs> and you know, like I said to my family, this year one of my goals is to read 24 books, to yeah. read a book every two weeks.
0: Do you know, I didn't quite make it last year. I set myself 20, and I got to 18. Oh which is the most books I've read in, in probably 30 years. This year's got to be 20. <laughs> they've got to make it 20 this year for yeah, sure. Yeah, what's but your
1: favourite book the whole time?
0: To date? Um, oh, geez, that's a tough one. I um, I've mixed it up with a bit of fiction and non-fiction, so I did get stuck in a few Dan Brown books. But, um, okay. I, <laughs> I've forgotten the name of it, but it's about an, uh, a, um, a crevice in the dark side of the moon where they've got all these, you know, Oh, and you
1: wouldn't be sci-fi, would you?
0: Me? <laughs> no, a little bit.
1: <laughs> no, uh, you've got to yeah. mix it up because if you do too much of yeah. the um, self-help and, you know, mind and absolutely. neurology and that, it gets really, yeah, absolutely.
0: you know. Absolutely. So you've
1: got to mix it up a bit.
0: That's why I read, you know, the, the, the non-fiction stuff or go and watch the Star Wars movies and that because, it, yeah, it's a bit of an escape from reality sometimes. Well,
1: for, for the work that you do, So I'm going mm. to digress, but sure. just a quick one before we uh, wrap up. Yeah. Do you follow Alain de Botton at all?
0: Ah uh, yes, a little bit. Yeah.
1: And have yeah. you read some of his literature?
0: Yeah, he's um he goes he delves deep. <laughs> See,
1: his his way of relationship is mm. your, because he's the opposite of romanticism. Yeah. So yeah. he knocks romanticisms on his head. Yeah, right. Definitely. And so, um, Course of Love is one of his recent books. Okay. He came out. I saw him at the Melbourne um, Town Hall about two years ago now great philosopher amazing philosopher right, right, right. and he's the founder of the school of life okay and um yes but the course of love has got some really hard-hitting truths in there bit
0: of um, wake-up calls
1: and, and this and this was like and the way that he writes this book is a fictional tale mm-hmm. but then he actually it's like fiction meets non-fiction oh that's brilliant it's brilliant <laughs> so what he does is he follows the paths of a, a, a newly um, they fall in love, they get married, they have kids, yeah. and he navigates. Every time shit's ha- happening in their life, yeah. he will explain to you what went wrong. What's
0: metaphoric. And what they should have done. Okay, so rather than give a real-life example to it in a, a fantastical way that... Um, it's very can't. it's very
1: smart. Yeah. And so the text changes in the book. Sure, every sure. Every time he's explaining to you... The I philosophy, mm. it goes into italics and then yeah. it goes to normal font when it's the story. Okay. So it's a really I, I highly recommend that. Really easy to read. Yeah. But great underlying principles. So there's
0: not too many sh- uh, short YouTube videos that, that people can read this book.
1: You don't get the Look, <laughs> Even audible. Yeah. It, it doesn't give you the look, the feel. You've got to see the language on paper. No. I don't know, maybe I'm old fashioned. Oh, I,
0: I, I am a big um, advocate for the audible way though. Because normally when you're in the car and sometimes But
1: I can't digest it. Really? Yeah, I like to see words on paper. I like to write in the columns and
0: So this student's bringing men and women again, isn't it? (laughs) It's like just tell me. I just want to tell me the information. Exactly.
1: (laughs) What have I done wrong? (laughs)
0: Yeah, okay,
1: well, it's been great. Yeah, thanks Jason.
0: Thanks for uh, having me.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) No problem.
0: Thanks for listening to the Life Force Mindfulness podcast. Visit our website lifeforcemindfulness.com.au where links can be found to our social media and upcoming events and stay up to date on the next episode